our scripture for today comes from Proverbs 21, verse 20, and 6, verses 1 through 5. Precious treasure remains in the house of the wise, but the fool devoureth it. My child, if you have given your pledge to your neighbor, if you have bound yourself to your mother, you are snared by the utterance of your lips, caught by the words of your mouth. So do this, my child, and save yourself, for you have come into your neighbor's power. Go, hurry, and pledge with your neighbor. Give your eyes no sleep and your eyelids no slumber. Save yourself like a gazelle from the hunter and like a bird from the hand of the fowler. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks, Thanks be to God. Now, I know it's been a while since I've got to, to preach with you, and I'll try hard not to give it all at once. I've been here for a really long time. You don't realize how much you miss something until you haven't been able to do it. Even the simple pleasures in life, such as being able to get dressed all by myself. I feel like, <laughs> I feel like a little kid again. <laughs> or, and next week I'll have both arms free, and uh, I'm so looking forward to that. So today, you're going to get to participate a little bit in the beginning of this sermon because we are going to be talking about lasting investments, lasting investments that we have learned from the book of Proverbs. And specifically, we are going to be talking about savings and debt. And so here it goes. I am going to give you two words that I want you to think about for just a moment. Number, the first word is saver. Not savior, but saver. And the second word is spender. Okay. So here's the question. Some of you tend to be more of a saver than a spender. And some of you love to spend and don't save so much. So how many of you, by the raise of your hands, are savers? Okay. Oh, good. Good for you. All right. Hands down. How many of you are spenders? Yeah, <laughs> me too. <laughs> so it's, it's about even. Okay, now, it's going to be a little more complicated here. All right, the next question is from a show of hands. Some of you in this room are married. So how many of you who are spenders are married to savers? Raise your hand. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> and vice versa. How many of you are savers? You're married to a spender. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. 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 That's usually how it goes. You know, uh, you've got to have balance. So I know that some of you may have already tuned me out at this point because you saw your spouse raise their hand and they're saying the opposite of what you want. And so it's just like, it's a lost cause. You're just gonna tune me out. And for those of you uh, who are married, you have already tuned me out as well because there's no sense in even bringing up money matters because at the end of the day, you know it's probably going to end in an argument anyway, right? And so now you're probably wondering, why in the world did I even bother to get up and go to church this Sunday, okay? Right? No? It, it's hard to talk about money matters. So let's take a deep breath. Let's open up our ears and our hearts, and let's listen as we begin the conversation about savings and debt using the wisdom from Proverbs. 
Now, if you will remember, last week we learned that in order for wisdom to be effective, it has to be coupled with trust, trusting in God, and that wisdom works when we trust in God. And today, I know that every single one of us desire in our hearts to have lasting investments. Whether you're a natural spender like me, or whether you are a saver, we all want the lasting investments, right? And the book of Proverbs is about wisdom living, so that we can have a good life. Proverbs is a guide about living well, and it teaches us uh, how to be good stewards uh, with all that God has given us. And wisdom, and when we speak about wisdom, wisdom is, is not just thinking in your mind uh, about, yeah, I understand, I, I know about wisdom. It is actually belief in action. It means that you take the information that you say that you believe in your heart, that you know to be true, and you actually put it into practice. You put it into action. And so wisdom is correct belief in action. Wisdom is correct belief in action. And so these Proverbs are short, powerful little truths. In fact, they're really kind of easy to memorize. And, and when you are able to memorize these Proverbs, then you can uh, turn to them very quickly and to use them in a powerful way to help guiding you in living well. And that's why we encouraged you last week to begin to get into the book of Proverbs and to soak in it, to begin to read it and to study it. Because surprisingly, Proverbs has a quite a bit to say about money and especially about lasting investments. Jesus had a lot to say about money. And the reason why it is so important is because giving is a heart issue. Money matters are issues of the heart. And when it comes to money, all of us want to have enough to live on. We all desire to have a little cushion, some money and savings. We hope that there is money when we get ready to retire in retirement. And uh, none of us set out to want to be poor or have to live in, in poverty level, and, and people who struggle don't desire to be there either. Most of us want to be debt-free, and we want to have enough in savings, and yet so many of us struggle, and it's difficult. I know uh, quite some time ago I used to struggle because I was that spender. But when it comes to money, especially savings and debt, we often are at war within ourselves. We, we struggle within ourselves. We're at war because of the competing values and desires and the wants that we have. Because we think, oh, especially if you're a spender, you think you've got to have it and you've got to have it now. And it is so hard to wait because if you wait, somebody might buy it out from under you. And, and uh, you just got to go out in order to make yourself feel better and to spend that money. And so it is a constant battle. And the struggle. And then there is others who are, are, are savers and they're kind of a little bit stingy and they just maybe don't want to let go of it. And that nest egg just needs to get bigger and bigger. And the struggle and the battle is on. But when was the last time that you ever saw on television or commercial or any advertisement where it said to you, oh, deny yourself of this instant gratification and pleasure. Don't buy this and save your money instead. 
Has anybody ever seen a commercial like that? No, they wouldn't be selling very much if, if they did. And so there is a war within us in our hearts of choosing the right thing, but also it wars on the outside of us because our culture and society is battling for the control of our money, our investments, our time, our talent, and our attention. And that is why it's so important for us to be good stewards with all of it because God has given it all to us. And it's easy to fall into a trap when it comes to money, especially when it comes to debt and savings. Now, you may have heard that debt can be a dangerous trap and it can ensnare your life. But savings can be a dangerous trap as well. And so the key concept in order for debt and savings to have a balance where you do not fall in the trap that the world sets for you, a very key component is generosity. Generosity. And God is a generous God. God is a God of abundance. God is not a God of scarcity. He is very generous with us. In fact, everything belongs to the Lord. And he has given us everything that we have, and he simply asks for us to be good stewards and to give only a small portion back to him. So debt and savings are a trap if they are not controlled by generosity. And it is very key. We have to trust God. We have to depend on God to be able to be generous. That when we see it as not ours, that it all belongs to God anyway. It helps us to become more generous. And so we're going to talk a lot about generosity next week. But today I want us to look at savings and at debt. And we have this concept of generosity in order to keep us on the right track. Now, Proverbs is designed to help us. It's to help us to clear the fog and to see clearly the traps that lie before us so that we can make wise choices. And Proverbs understands that if we are left to our own devices, we're going to make a bigger mess of things than what they already are. And the book of Proverbs also understands that God's way is the only true way and the best way when it comes to stewardship. God's way is the only way for peace and for success, especially when it comes to our finances. Proverbs 14, 12 says, There is a way that seems right to a person, but its end is a way to death. That's a pretty powerful statement. It's right here in God's word. There is a way that seems right to a person, but but its end is the way of death. So if we don't have a biblical lens into which we view our money, then it leads the way to the path of death. And if we don't have a biblical lens in which we view our savings, then it is going to go down the path that leads to death. And if we don't have a biblical lens and a view when it comes to our debt, then it is going to lead in that path to death. Debt and savings are a trap that can be controlled through generosity. So let's dive into this world of savings and debt and let's see what we can come up with in regards to lasting investments. First of all, as we heard earlier in Proverbs 21, 20, precious treasure remains in the house of the wise, but the fool devours it. 
And I think it's pretty easy to understand what this verse is saying, that wise people don't consume all of their earnings. And it is foolishness to do so. It's foolishness to live outside of your means. It's foolishness to spend money that you do not have. And so it is important that we realize that we have been given a great treasure. That all we have, whether it's our jobs, our talents, our homes, our family, our finances, we have been blessed by God. He has given it unto us, and we need to learn how to save some of the earnings that has been given to us. Because this gives us a sense of gratitude and how important our finances are and how important it is that we save. Now, I think that most of us agree that it is important to save money. And in Proverbs uh, uh, 6 and, 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 and chapter 30, uh, we have the story of the ant. And the ant is commended for his great diligent work and saving up the food in the summertime in order to have it in the time of harvest and in winter. And Proverbs 6, 8 says, the ant prepares its food in the summer and it gathers its sustenance at harvest. And so here's this little tiny ant that, <laughs> that knows <laughs> in its inner clock that how important it is to save. And then in chapter 30, verse 24 and 25, it says, Four things on earth are small, and yet they are exceedingly wise. The ant's a creature, and it's not strong, but they store away their food in the summer. And then Proverbs 13, 22 says, The good leave an inheritance to their children's children. And I love that. To realize that we have been called to leave inheritance to our children's children. Now, there's something really powerful about saving money that it is going to help us out. And that we can say no to instant gratification, that we can say no, no, we don't necessarily need that item right now. And it frees us up to be able to say yes, yes to savings and yes to the stability of our family and our family's future. And the beautiful thing about saving money is that you can begin now, little by little. Proverbs 13, 11 says, those who gather little by little will increase in it. Even if you just begin with saving $5 a, a week. And how many of you have seen the, the change jars, maybe? People don't use change a lot because of, you know, debit cards, but you just throw your change in the jar and it just begins to build and it's there. And, uh, and it makes a difference. So it's never too late to begin to save a little at a time. When you save, what you are doing is it helps prosper your soul. It prospers prospers your soul more than it does your pocketbook. Because there is something about having savings that helps us not to worry about our finances on a day-to-day -day basis. And I know that we all understand that we don't trust in our pocketbooks. We don't trust in our finances or our savings. We trust in God. Because God is the one that has given it to us. But nevertheless, savings is a great discipline for our lives. It is a good practice to have and we don't really want to test God's grace that he has given to us. Amen? And so I think that we need two types of savings. There's the short-term savings and the long-term savings. And uh, many suggest in following uh, these steps when it comes to savings and debt. And the first one is $1,000 in the bank for a national rainy day fund. Now, I know that seems like a lot. 
But um, maybe in a couple of months, you could save up to $1,000. And it just provides a little bit of a cushion because you never know when little emergencies are going to happen. You never know. There may be a bill that surprises you. And if you have that cushion, it really helps. The second thing is to be able to pay off all debt. And start with your uh, uh, small bills first and, and to pay them off and then take the money after you, that you would normally have given to that bill and put it towards your next set of bills and add that money to it and it's that much more money that, and that you can pay that bill off. And then when that second bill is paid off, then take all of that money that was going towards that set of bills and to apply it to, to the next bill. And it will begin to snowball and you will begin to get that debt paid off. And then uh, there's three to six months of income in a savings account, which is for the bigger rainy day account. And with COVID and being so uncertain and people who have been laid off from their jobs, um, finances, they hurt. And sometimes people have health crises. Sometimes people's insurance doesn't always pay all of the bills. And so it is important, if you can, to begin to try to save for that bigger rainy day fund. And then fourth, invest 10% of the income in long-term savings. These are steps, and I understand that you have to begin in paying off that debt and, and to begin to start saving a little at a time. But here's the trap when it comes to savings. If you are more concerned with yourself and you're saving, saying, it's my money, I earned it, I get to do with it what I want to do, rather than being concerned with the kingdom of God, then you have fallen into that worldly trap of savings. If you are all about savings, and you're not about taking care of your family, your neighbor, the person that is in need, then you have fallen into that trap. Because God calls us to be good stewards and to help it with, in the kingdom of God. And generosity helps temper that trap of money and savings that says that it's not about me. It is about God and his kingdom. It all belongs to him anyway. We are to be good stewards with it. Another proverb says, Whoever is kind to the poor lends to the Lord and will be repaid in full. I, I love that. When we are kind to those who are in need, those who are poor, we are actually lending to the Lord. But the rest of that is, is that we will be repaid in full. And what I want you to understand is we can never outgive God. God will always bless us abundantly above and beyond what we are able to give. And God even tells us and challenges us in Malachi that if we will be faithful to bring our first fruits to God, to test him on it, that he says, will I not open up the windows of heaven and pour out blessings upon you? So a spirit of generosity helps to remind us that we are not the center of our world. God is. And it helps to remind us that God has been gracious to us. He has blessed us with abundance, and he calls us to be blessings to others. So give to God first, and then yourself second. And if you're saving more money than you are in giving to God, then I would say that it is a heart issue and something that you need to begin to pray and speak with God about. 
Many of you might have been diligent in saving money and investing in your 401k, but you have neglected in giving to the kingdom of God. And I would never want to be saving more than what I am giving to God. And I am here to testify to you today when the girls were little and I did decide to stay at home and and to not work. And that was hard because we lost that income. And it meant that it was a sacrifice. It meant that we had to be a team in what we were going to do. And it meant that we didn't have to have name brand clothing. We did not always get to go on vacation. We had to wait and we had to save. But we learned the principle of tithing and giving to God first. And I don't know how it works out, but giving that money to God first, the rest of the bills were always taken care of. The times that I chose to be fearful or forget to tithe were the times that there would pop up bills that I didn't know about and that those finances were eaten up. It is a godly principle, and I promise you, you cannot outgive God, that he is there with you and for you. And so it's like this beginning rule here of the 10-10-80 principle. 10% to God first, 10% into savings, and 80% for the bills and to spend and how you uh, the wisdom that you see fit. It all belongs to God. He simply asks us to be good stewards. And as I've already said before, setting up savings of short-term and long-term, that you can be saving for the future. But before you do that long-term savings, it is so important to get out of debt first and to begin to give to God. And if you can't do 10%, try 1%. And then the next time, later on, increase to 3% and then to 5%. I didn't start off with 10%. I had to start with 1%. But as we got out of debt and we learned to save, it got easier and easier to be able to give more and more to God. Debt and savings are a trap if you are not controlled by generosity. And so as we move from savings uh, move from savings to debt, let's look at our text again. Proverbs 6, 1 through 5. My child, if you have given your pledge to your neighbor, if you have bound yourself to another, you are snared by the utterance from your lips, caught by the words of your mouth. So do this, my child, and save yourself For you have come into your neighbor's power. Go, hurry, and plead with your neighbor. Give your eyes no sleep and your eyelids no slumber. Save yourself like a gazelle from the hunter, like a bird from the hand of a fowler. So the Bible never says that debt is evil, but it does say that debt is dangerous. It is a dangerous trap to get into. And we must be careful. And if you find yourself in debt, Proverbs tells us that we are to quickly, as quick as we can, get out of debt. So how does that contrast with the world's view? What does the world say to us? The world says, sure, you can buy that sofa. You betcha, you can have that new washer and dryer. Go ahead, you can afford that car. Right now, we've got a great sale going on. No money down. You can wait 72 months before you start your first payment, and all you've got to do is pay about $25 a whack, and it's yours. Do you hear how enticing that is? And you think that you really got a great deal, but you don't because what they are counting on is that we never read the fine print, and they're counting on that we do not pay off this bill before the deadline. 
And then they are going to stick to us a tremendous amount of, um, oh, what is the word I'm looking for? Um, yes, interest. Thank you. <laughs> and then you are in that trap and you're not going to be able to, to pay it off. And I know for myself, Miss Spendthrift, one of the things that I had to learn the hard way is don't go shopping if you don't have the money to buy it. Okay? I love to go shopping. Mm-mm, don't do it if you don't have the money because it just puts you in a place of temptation. And stop buying things if you don't have money for it. And don't put it on credit because it just puts you into a trap. Because you see, there is a way that seems right to us, but in the end, it leads to death. Now, the other amazing thing that the world tells us is that almighty credit score. Yeah. And we take a lot of pride in that credit score. And you know, I, I bought my very first home a year ago. Yeah, nice. Yeah, my first home <laughs> a year ago. And the thing that I couldn't get over was is how much they applaud you, the banks, and how much debt you have. Because you see, that credit score is based upon the debt that you have. The more credit cards that you have, and it shows, that reflects, oh, you paid a little here and a little there. Well, this is great. We're just going to loan you more money. And I didn't realize how hard it was that if you don't have any debt, if you don't have your credit cards maxed, they're leery and lending you money. It doesn't even make sense, does it? But yet that's the way that it is. And so that credit score just says, you know how to get into debt, and you know how to make payments on that for the rest of your life. That credit, court, uh, credit score simply says you're worth a lot to the bank because they know you're going to pay a lot of interest. It doesn't determine your worth. It doesn't determine your value even if you have money. And you see, that was my problem is I thought in order to feel good about myself, I had to buy the name brand things. I had to be on top of things. And it isn't so. I learned that there's a lot of things if I'm willing to wait a few days when I think I've got to have it, that that urge and desire goes away. And it's a great feeling to begin to pay those bills off and to begin to trust God and to be able to give to his kingdom. So how do these examples contrast then to what Proverbs says? The world says, get into debt and stay in debt. And the word of God says, if you're in debt, get out quickly. Save yourself because you have been enslaved to this trap. And it is a trap, and it's a hard one to get out of. So for those of you who are in debt, I recommend, again, these four steps to you of trying to get at least $1,000 into the bank and begin to pay off that debt a little at a time to have that three to six months of income in your savings account for a cushion and to invest 10% in long-term savings. Save as much as you can. John Wesley said that he saved all the money that he could so that he could give all that he could. And I think that's a pretty good principle. Cultivating generosity, having a generous spirit, helps us when it comes to debt and to savings. Debt and savings are a trap if they are not controlled by generosity. And so here's the thing. I want you to be successful in your finances. I want you all to be able to have a little nest egg. I want you to be able to plan and to be good stewards with your finances. 
and the church is here to help you. Your connect card that you've got on the back side of that, there is a place for next steps. And if you would like to have help with your finances, to be encouraged, to be given resources to help you, please put your name and your phone number on that connect card and someone will be contacting you. It'll probably be Pastor Rick. He's really good at finances. If you're married, it's going to be even harder because chances are we've got a spender and a saver joined together. And it may be that you need help even having a conversation about money before you even begin to try to correct the issues that you have at hand. But you don't need to be frightened about it because there is help. And so fill that out and make sure you get it in the offering basket. And those of you who are watching online, if you need that help, if you will direct message and messenger, message us, we will get in contact with you and just let us know. Because we want you to be encouraged and to realize that we serve a God of abundance. He has blessed us abundantly, and he asks us to be good stewards with it. Amen? So I'm going to ask the um, praise team to come back up here. And as they're returning, let's go to the Lord in prayer. God, we thank you for a very timely and difficult word concerning finances. Lord, we thank you that you entrust into our care stewardship. We thank you that the earth is yours and everything in it. And that you have blessed us abundantly, that you are a God of abundance. And Lord, we ask that you teach us how to be good stewards with what you have given us. Help us to develop an attitude of gratitude, especially when it comes to saving. And Lord, place that generosity in our hearts that we would be faithful givers to your kingdom. And we ask all of these things in Jesus' name.